This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. This is a Death Entertainment Podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk about awesome things with awesome people. Before we get to this week's guest, uh, I do want to just kind of update everybody from last week's show because I know uh, I got really sleepy uh, in the middle of it, and, and I don't know where that show went, if I'm being honest. Uh, so this is our first episode uh, that's part of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network. We're, we're back at the mothership. Uh, it's August 1st, and uh, we have uh, some things going on. We have uh, our Patreon is now live. There's still going to be some tweaks to that as far as I'm gonna, we're going to throw a video up and, and whatnot. Um, but our Patreon is officially live, patreon.com slash thatentertains. And on that Patreon, what you're doing is subscribing to the network. So not just Everything is Awesome, not just That's Entertainment, but to the That's Entertainment Podcast Network, which consists of, right now, uh, this show, Everything is Awesome, The Ladies Who Rant, Bullies Keep Out, uh, are the three staple shows. And then we are bringing on another show in a couple weeks that we will make a formal announcement for uh, maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, We just got to kind of... Um, finalize some things before we make that happen um, and out of those four shows on the network um, three of them are in-house shows so so you'll definitely get early access to those three uh, and but all four shows are going to be starting to roll out exclusive content to the patreon and what that means is each show um, once we figure out what they're going to do uh, is going to have a um, responsibility to create one thing a month for the Patreon. If they create more, that's great, but but at minimum one thing a month. Uh, and th- that will be exclusive for the Patreon subscribers, um, and you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month, and that, that gets you an on-air thank you on all our shows. Um, it gets you a, a place on our thank you page on the website and and whatnot and then if you go to five dollars a month uh, you get the early access you get exclusive content uh and and any and you know the level below that the, the online thank you and the, the shout outs and whatnot so and there's a couple other levels there that if you uh if if you want to support us at higher level uh but the whole purpose of the that's entertainment podcast network patreon is to um m- and most importantly, cover our operating fees. Uh, we've been doing this now for 11 years, and over that, of course, 11 years, we've we've probably spent um, about eight thousand uh, dollars to start these shows, to uh, 
operate these shows, to host these shows, to advertise these shows, to get equipment for these shows. Every cost that you need to, to do a podcast has been self-funded, and, and I'll continue to self-fund because it's, it is a manageable cost as far as a per-month basis is concerned. Um, I can manage that cost. I love podcasting. I love uh, editing. I love, um, you know, I, I love giving a platform for other people to share their voice. Um, but we do want to grow the network and we do want to have other voices on this network that are represented. And the whole point of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network, at least in my eyes, is to be a, a welcoming inclusive place that that listeners and podcasters of all types um feel welcome in and feel safe in and and if you're a podcaster that or you're someone that that wants to be a podcaster and you just don't know how to do it and um we definitely want to talk to you and we definitely want to get your voice out there um diversity is real real important to me so there's there's a lot of shows that i had said that were going to be coming in 2018 that that um, you'll see on the on that entertains.com slash network page get rearranged to say coming soon or coming in 2019 or something like that because I either want to find uh, another host for them so that it's not me as much as I would love to do those shows um, I it just I don't have a the time but B and this is way more important the there's no reason that I need to be on another podcast Um I am going to be launching other podcasts that, that have me on it, but um, they make more sense for me. They 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 don't have as much as much time commitment and um, and whatnot. But these other shows have like a time commitment, and I think it would be really um, important to have a diverse cast of hosts on this network. And and it's more important for me to either find hosts for those shows or. Or just have different shows, and and maybe one day I'll I'll get to those, and or there'll be specials or something like that. So you're gonna see some stuff uh, switch around there. We are going to be launching three new shows um, on on the network, um, probably in September, and and then the other one will probably not launch until 2019, but it's gonna go into production. Um, we're we're gonna be doing a Star Wars podcast that will launch sometime in September. We're going to be doing a um, a show related to the Party One podcast uh, from Jeff Stormer um, that will be launching in September or October. And then there is a I don't have many details to give because we're still in way early pre-production, but we have um, kind of our first audio drama slash uh, improv thing, um, though it's it's far from comedy. Um, that will be going into pre- recording production, um, hopefully in in 2018 with a release date of 2019. But still, kind of hammering out the details there uh, with the people that we're going to be working with, and that one will be one specifically that I am I'm background only, um, save for maybe uh, a small role here or there uh, that that may need to be filled if we decide to bring a certain character on. Uh, that being said. Uh, yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot to offer uh, for for the the Patreon, and as time goes on, you know our, our tier levels. I never plan on increasing. Um, I plan on having that the same. It's 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 um, you know for as little as two dollars, so you can skip out on on a coffee one day, and that will cover two months of of your subscription. Uh, or you know if you, I I think the five dollar one has the most. Uh, 
value on an economic level uh, where it's not too much money out of your pocket but you get get good value the other ones the other higher tiers are, are great if you can afford it and you and you really want to you're a huge fan of, of the shows on this network they're definitely worth the value but f- you know as someone who who is tight with money uh, you know five dollars is is I look at that five dollar pledge uh, on other patrons a lot and um, if it's got good value I usually subscribe to it and I think the exclusive content from the creators that you love uh, is something that uh, is is uh, high value in my eyes. So um, check it out. Go to patreon.com slash that entertains uh, and you can check out the Patreon yourself and look at the tiers and whatnot. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at that nerdy Kev uh, or email us uh, at awesome at crewhammerstudios.com and I'll answer your questions and whatnot. Um, and, and I hope that you subscribe. If not, you know what? There's other ways you can support that show um, or any of our shows on the network. And that's simply by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. When you do that, that <clears throat> ranks us higher and ranks our shows higher on the, on the feeds of iTunes. And that means more people can see us and uh, listen to us and, and then hopefully listen to the same message and go ahead and um, help support this show in, in similar ways. Word of mouth recommendations is also a great way to do that. So from the bottom of my heart, I, I thank anyone that um, at least even looks at the Patreon that supports this show, supports any show on this network. Uh, because these are all talented creators. I'm not even really talking about myself at this point. The the shows that we have on our network and the shows that we plan on bringing onto the network and the, the creators and podcasters that we're bringing to the network in the near future, um, they're all super talented people. Uh, and you supporting them uh, and supporting this network uh, would mean the world to, to them and definitely mean the world to me. All right, this week we are going to be sitting down and talking with Nick O'Neill. He is the um, founder, co-founder uh, of Make Five Calls, fivecalls.org. Uh, and that is a utility that you've heard us talk about from time to time uh, at the end of our show when we do our call to action. Um, and it is a great utility that you can use uh, either on the website or on your phone to call your state representatives and let them know that you care about certain issues and that um, you want them to take action on those certain issues. You can, there's several options when, when it comes to contacting your state reps, and, and Nick and I discussed that here. But calling is the most important thing. It's something that they get right away. It's something that they can count right away. You fax, you email, they might not get to it for a couple of days. Um, short of walking into their building and having a sit-down conversation with them, this is the most important thing that you can do to have your voice heard and to make sure that you're representing your community by letting your state representatives know how you feel about whatever the issue is. And you can go to fivecalls.org to see a list of issues that that are there. If there's an issue you know that you want to talk about, you can just search it and see if there's a pre-made script already. But that's the great thing about fivecalls.org. The most intimidating thing in the world is calling someone about uh, an important issue and not knowing what to say. And fivecalls.org really kind of sums it up for you. So um, this, this, uh, episode is probably one of the most quote unquote political episodes that we, we have or ever had. And, and I, we did our best to, to keep it, um, you know, uh, 
party free. We try. We did our best to, you know, to not sway one way or the other toward towards a party because I, I I have my views. Most people know what my views are, but that doesn't mean I want uh, to alienate a the other side. B um, I don't. I believe that that this. Uh, service, although they probably won't have an issue that you agree with if you're on on another side. Um, calling your state representatives is important for, for every single citizen in, in America. And whether you are a conservative or you're a liberal, there's issues that you care about. And, and if you want your voice heard on those issues, you need to make sure you call your state reps. Um, while I don't think that it's uh, great to support certain things, um, you have the option to, to do that uh, and 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 whatnot. So, um, fivecalls.org makes it easy for every single citizen to voice their opinion. Whether your opinions swing right or swing left, um, this service is available to you uh, as an American citizen uh, to call your representatives. And fivecalls.org makes it easier uh, for a lot of us to do that who are really shy. Uh, I'm not a person who likes to to do cold calls like this and I've done it a handful of times now and um, it, it, it's, it feels empowering uh, and it feels good to have my voice heard especially when you get a letter back from your from your representatives or um, you know I, I don't think I've gotten a call back yet but I've, I've gotten I've gotten letters like hand not handwritten typed letters with a signature I'm sure it's a generic thing but that someone took the time to send a letter out to uh, me to say I heard what you have to say and I, I assure you I, I am on blah 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 and, and it might be lip service but at the end of the day I hope that the the lip service leads to change um, so we've bumbled on for for long enough this is a one of the longer pre-intros uh, I, I assure you they probably won't be this long in the future uh, this was just a special episode it's the first episode of the new network uh, and we had some things to talk about on that so without further ado here is my conversation with Nick O'Neill the co-founder and creator of fivecalls.org got a little nuts so now i kind of eventually this will be part of the show well my writer specifically demands that i have an intro so i'm not sure what we're gonna do about that <laughs> oh i i guess there should have been like i should have got what do they call it when uh when the when the talent sends like the um the demands yeah. uh like like i need to have nothing but red m&ms uh <laughs> it's, it's waiting for me in my yeah, taking care of the, the m&ms on my side don't worry about that part <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Nick, thanks for doing the show. Um, it was like kind of random. I've been like t- thinking about pulling the trigger, like contacting. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be you specifically, but contacting uh, someone from fivecalls.org dot uh, to to be on the show. And I don't know. I forget what it was. I know. I think we talked about it on Twitter. But something was like finally. I was like, oh, I gotta. I just yeah. gotta finally ask them to be on the show. It was Wawa. I know it was Wawa. <laughs> but yes, I, I actually, and I, I have, I think I've used five calls once or twice. I need to get like back into the swing of, of, I told myself I want to start using it every day. And I am one of those terrible people that like, I have too many things going on in my head. So like I, I get sidetracked really easily, yeah. but um, yeah, no, you guys have been like a, a great service for, uh, I, I guess what many people are calling the resistance. Uh, and <laughs> I actually hear, I don't know if what podcast you listen to or anything, but 
you, you guys came on my radar from, I don't know, have you heard of uh, the One Shot podcast? I don't think I have, no. Okay, so yeah, One Shot is an actual play uh, podcast network, actually, but specifically the, the main show. Uh, they just play a bunch of different role-playing games uh, every session, whether that's one episode or four episodes it, it depends on the on the game and story um and the host james damato is uh very pro like at the end of his episodes he calls attention to an issue and and then he suggests using fivecalls.org that is the website right i mean i'm getting that right yeah it is yeah okay, no I, I would interrupt you if it wasn't i'm sure uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh and he recommends your, you guys all the time to 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 make your voices heard that's great um, I mean, this is like the, the, the key to, to what we want to do here, which is make it really easy for you to, to make your voice heard about a specific issue that you care about, right? We list all these issues on the site and it's, uh, there's usually, uh, six to eight things on the front page at any given time, stuff that you would know from listening to the news or, or reading Twitter, stuff like that. And, uh, and the, the goal is not for everybody to call on everything. It's about Picking that one thing that you really care about, if it's, you know, family separation or, uh, you know, Scott Pruitt, who just got booted out of the administration today uh, or, or anything else that like tickles your fancy. That's the thing that you need to to call about. We just want to make it really easy for you to go there and see something that you instantly know that you support and then call on that thing. And I mean, it is uh, super easy uh, as someone who's has used it a, a small handful of times and truly believe that you should be using it on a more regular basis. And I guess, like you said, assuming that there's something there that, that you need to, to make your voice heard about, but it's now I, I haven't, I don't think I've used the actual app. I think I've used like a combination of the desktop and then my, my phone or whatever, uh, which I want to get into the app in a little bit, just to talk about the ease of that or, or what I assume is the ease of that. Um, but what, when did you guys, um, start five calls up? Was it, was it with, um, the, the 2016 results or have you guys been around longer than that? No, it's just been, uh, basically since early 2017. Uh, I'll give you the whole story. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, uh, Rebecca, my wife and I, uh, we worked on, um, the, uh, 2016 Hillary campaign. Uh, we live in San Francisco now. I'm from Philadelphia, and uh, time out. I <laughs> this. I don't know if I told you, but I am also Philly. I am in Bucks County right now. Uh, yeah, I knew it. Okay, I thought, okay. I, I, like we, I thought we were talking about specifically Wawa on Twitter, and that was like, oh yeah, first. like that's you're, that's you're what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And I, 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 I talked to too many people a day uh, and I've just been really like, I just got caught up on like getting everything that I needed to get posted for this podcast up. Like we just finished the Philadelphia podcast festival. So like, I'm finally in, in like cool down mode. Uh, yeah. So I apologize, but yeah, that's right. The Wawa is what made me pull the trigger. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I actually knew that you were in like from the, from Philly. I, I, I just assumed you were from the Wawa country, which is a couple different oh, yeah, states. Just, yeah. Just a Wawa aficionado, you know? Uh, oh my no, God. Uh, okay. So, so uh, I, I'm going to derail for a second here uh, mm-hmm. because this makes me, I, I love, especially when it's like ambushed on me from a, a fellow Philadelphian. <laughs> Uh, are you, are you, do you follow football? 
Uh, no, sadly. Oh no. <laughs> so, all right. So, you, did you pay attention to the Super Bowl just like as a Philadelphian in general? Yeah, yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah, were you a, a, a cadre of people who are also from Philadelphia and San Francisco? Yeah. And you know, oh, okay. When when Philadelphia themed things come up like the Super Bowl, of course you get together with those people and you watch the Super Bowl together. Yes. How was it? Um, because I, I'm always interested how the Super Bowl felt to, to a fan that, that was outside of Philly when it happened. So were like, were you with your buddies that were all Philadelphia, you know, uh, fans when, when the yeah, win happened? So what yeah. was it like, uh, where you were when we won? Okay. I like caveat here. None of us are like true, like oh, football okay. fans. Right. So okay. <laughs> it's the one of those things where you're like, Oh, you know, Two weeks beforehand, you're like, oh, it looks like Philadelphia's in the Super Bowl. I guess we, we should watch that, right? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and, you know, you sort of, like, catch – you get up to speed on what the, the context is and all the, like, sort of major players that are – things that are going on before the Super Bowl. But but really, it's mostly like, yeah, we got to watch the Super Bowl. We're from Philly. Like, that's this yeah. is a requirement. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so you get together and you do that and you, you know, watch some people climb some grease light poles and uh, <laughs> hopefully you go home happy. Yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's that's interesting because I I guess I would do the same thing if it was because I'm not a big basketball guy or um, I guess that's really the only sport. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess the same thing could be said about hockey where I, I'm kind of only in it when it comes to like the last couple games of the regular season and, and then postseason. But basketball i just like and i and i guarantee either you or someone else who's not a big football fan will say the same thing but for basketball like it's just hard for me to watch the like them go back and forth on the on the court with the ball like it's i feel like if i have like potential to play that game it's not i just can't get behind it uh because i'm not (laughs) so Uh, yeah i mean i've had the perfect opportunity to to get into basketball over the last couple years because the warriors are right here and they're like you know, they've been in, what is it, like three of the last four mm-hmm. uh, uh, finals, right? Yeah. Uh, so I have I have totally gotten into that and I've been like, cool, I'll watch, you know, the the last X number of games or the finals or, or whatever. But uh, I, I had definitely tried to get into the games beforehand, but uh, somehow it's just not the same. Yeah, no, I, it's... I, I, that's a sport. And I was the same way with hockey where I was just like, I didn't, I didn't get the concept of watching people go back and forth with, uh, whatever their, their, their ball was or in, in hockey, the puck. And then eventually I got into hockey. And, and again, I sit here and say this and it's like, I guess anyone could say the same thing about football, which is like the sport I'm super passionate about. Uh, there's just something I think the the with me like every other sport there's just so many games so it's always just like oh I can just catch it later and eventually I just forget yeah, sure. with football it's if you don't if you miss a game you miss like a like a 16th of the season uh <laughs> so, true, yeah. so there's there's so few opportunities really to watch football and like this year and, and I've you know my kids are young so so this was the first year that like I kind of got to watch games with them because my son turned He's like six and a half. My, my daughter turned four about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, and so they're just getting to the point where they're letting me do things again. Uh, <laughs> so and and, my, and they'll actually kind of watch some football with me. Um, so so like for the last couple of years, I haven't really been watching uh, football as much as I would like to. But this year, like I watched more games and it was like the year to get like get back into it with with Wentz and everything. And it's uh 
It's been a really exciting time. Have you been back to Philly since since we've won? I have not. No. Oh, it's um, and and again, I guess it's it's different if you're not like a super fan. But uh, one of the great things, and I had someone uh who who's out in um somewhere in California. I don't. I think LA area uh, on the show, and they asked me how it's how it is because they're originally from this area too, and I was like. You know, um, and, and again, I don't know if, if this will resonate with you, but uh, prior to the Super Bowl, prior to this year of football, like if you walk around out of football season in your Eagles gear, it's kind of like a knowing look of shame, almost like <laughs> we know, like, hey, like, go birds, we'll get them next year. But now, yeah. like, still <laughs> on July 5th, I could walk around wearing my Eagles hat whether it's the championship hat or just the regular everyday Eagles hat. And there's this like a knowing sense of pride. There's a smile that comes along with that nod. Uh, and, and like the perfect example is I was in, um, I went, my fiance teaches fifth grade and we went on a field trip to Washington DC. And on the way home, we stopped at a golden corral in Maryland somewhere. I walk in wearing my Eagles hat and there's two other Eagles fans there and we go into like a 20 minute conversation about football would not have happened pre Super Bowl at all. No, no. Yeah. It's like the, the shared experience of like having that, you know, you all live that moment of like the, the, the Super Bowl and it being super close and you have having no idea which way it was going to go. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you know, seeing that in public, it, it brings you back to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is, uh, I don't know if you if you plan on coming back to Philly anytime soon or if you're kind of like, boom, everyone's out there out west for you. But if you get the chance to come to Philly, just kind of like I feel like even just like in general walking around, everyone's just a little bit happier these days. <laughs> uh, and and who knows when it's going to go away. But I, I feel like the whole city and, and the suburbs are just it's happier. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, all right, so so uh, we've gone on a ten minute derailment, uh, but because of my tirade on football, so please continue with your story with that uh, with make calls or five five calls. That uh, all right, let's uh, let's see where are we going. Right, okay, so uh, we're in San Francisco. It's uh, summer of 2016. Um, I've always been sort of involved in local politics around here because that's where I felt like stuff was the most impactful for me to work on. Right. Uh-huh. Um, So uh, there's a lot of city and state propositions that people vote on, uh, which are these like ballot measures that come up every six months or a year. And, uh, you know, statewide stuff maybe is a little bit more important, but citywide stuff is a lot of like, there's a really surprisingly small number of signatures you need to get to get something on the citywide ballot. So it's like, it's a lot of absurd stuff that people should not be voting on. Like, you know, should this bond measure pass? Should the city fund this thing, in, you know, with a specific holdout for this other thing? It's like, it gets into the weeds way, way too much. So a lot of the people around here need a lot of guidance because you're, when you vote, you're presented with this list of, you know, 10 things that are all like, how would I know whether or not this is good or bad, right? Yeah. So there's sort of a reputation around here of like, Okay, you, you look at the ballot, you do some research, you have to do some research to know what to vote on. And, uh, and you know, I, I try and help people out who are in the area come up with what, what makes sense for them. I give my reasoning for, you know, why are you voting on one thing or, or another? And, you know, if you don't know how to vote on something, just don't vote on it. And that's, you know, the easiest thing to do. Um, 
so that all stopped mid 2016, where you know you're seeing Trump win all of these primary elections, uh, even though everyone's saying no, you know it's it's not going to happen. Like the prediction is you know wildly in favor of somebody else, and I'm like you know what, I still think it's a long shot, but it's I'm going to feel real shitty if I if I did jack shit during 2016 and uh, and he ends up winning. So we got involved locally and uh, we, we joined a, a group of people um, in San Francisco who are uh, volunteers for calling into other uh, battleground states that are nearby. So a lot of stuff like uh, making phone calls into Nevada. Mm-hmm. And um, as we get closer and closer to November, uh, uh, my wife's from Las Vegas and we got this opportunity to, to go out to Las Vegas and work uh, as part of the field campaign there, uh, which is really fascinating because it's it's something that I know that there's a lot of infrastructure that, that pops up in uh, battleground states and in cities um, all around the country for these elections. And I've never really been a part of, of you know, this this massive mobilization of people. Uh, so it's really fascinating to see all the all the things sort of come together for that. So we had the opportunity to go out to Las Vegas for um, a couple months and work the ground, uh, the field campaign there. Um, and while we were doing that, we are we're using all of these uh, tech tools for campaigns that are uh, sort of frustrating and clunky to get around. They feel like they were designed sort of like ten years before you use them. And um, if you if you know sort of how fast uh, tech stuff moves, it's it's not a great experience if something is like 10 years old and it looks like it just hasn't been updated at all. So, um, so we're like, this is our, our biggest frustration on the campaign and we're writing all the software while we're working out there to try and like help the field staff out and make the experience better for everybody. And, uh, and then we lose the campaign and it's incredibly devastating. And, uh, we, we get back to San Francisco and it's like, you know, two or three days after we've like gotten over our incredible hangover, like literally, (laughs) Incredible hangover. And, uh, and we're like, how do we like, what, what's the thing that we do to help in the future? And of course the thing that we thought of first is like, we want to make campaign software that's better. Um, but we weren't connected in, in, in any way for this. Like the, literally the first national campaign we had been on was just like, you know, a month before that, like, how do we, how do we make that connection and, and make that happen? Um, so we decided that wasn't going to work for us. And the alternative that we came up with was a project that we had, um, seen the campaign use um, while we were working there, which was like someone would come into an office and they would say, Hey, I can't, I can't come into this office and spend two or three hours on the phones here calling voters. Um, but I want to help out. And there was a, uh, a site that you could go to and, and it was very, very specific about how you could help out. So you could say, uh, I want to call, you know, women voters about healthcare in Michigan. Um, and that sort of specificity about, who you were calling and what you were calling about uh-huh. gave people this incredible confidence about being able to get on the phones and, um, and, and help, uh, you know, try and drive people to get out to vote. Uh, so we sort of flipped that on its head and we said, we want to give people a really great tool for calling the representatives about issues that they really care about. Um, so we wanted to provide everything, everything that they needed that was all in the same place. So that's like uh, a, a description of what the actual issue is. Maybe you're not super familiar with it, uh, you just want to get the great parts of like why you should care about this issue. Um, we wanted to automatically look up your representative's information based on where you are. If that's like, you know, you can enter a zip code or an address, or you can just let your your browser or app find your location for you. Um, 
And then we wanted to give you a little script that you can read if you had no idea what to say. If this was your first time calling your representative, uh, then you don't know, is this going to be a you know, five-minute conversation or a one-minute conversation? And it, it is, of course, the latter. It's like literally maybe 30 seconds on the phone. But people don't know this, right? So if you give them a little script and you say, it's, it's going to be you reading this, this you know, like two sentences, and then you get off the phone, people understand like, oh, it's, it's actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. It's not like a, a conversation. It's you saying, hey, this is my position. You should you know, take note of this and, and give it to my senator, give it to my congressperson. Um, so we put all these things together. Uh, we uh, we uh, sort of out of the blue came up with the idea of uh, calling it five calls, which was uh, while sort of inaccurate because usually you call three people, you call you know your representative and your two senators. Uh, it was really simple for people to understand what they had to do, why they were there. Uh, so the the name was sort of uh, has helped us in a lot of ways, and uh, we put this out right before um, the inauguration in early 2017. I got a bunch of people together, some friends who um, wanted to do some, you know, just volunteer work on design or or helping build the thing or that sort of stuff. And um, then we released it right before the inauguration, and uh, it was it was truly the the like height of everyone's outrage, right? Like everyone was yeah. super angry about all of the the initial cabinet appointments and just like it had built up over the last the last couple of months of like all this outrage about what was going on. And people were trying to figure out how to how to channel that correctly. And I think we came out at just the right time to sort of channel that towards representatives. And then once people knew that we were updating stuff regularly, they'd come back, you know, every couple of days, every week, uh, see the new stuff that was on the site, make calls about that. Um, and then it just sort of fed on itself over the last year. Now, I don't know what I always thought of the, the, the name five calls going back to that. I always like. I don't know why it didn't click that it was like supposed to be like five calls on that particular issue, uh, where where you know it's realistically three. For me, it was like I always like the thought process. I was like, oh, that's like pick five things that you care about and make those five <laughs> calls. That's like you've simplified it even further for me because <laughs> like it's yeah. I don't have to do so much work now. Not that it, I mean it's if there's five things, obviously call about it. What's now in a situation where there's several issues that you may want to want to call about is, is the recommendation to like call about everything at once or kind of call about an issue a day or like, what's your recommendation there? Yeah, we get a lot of feedback on this. Uh, the, the tricky part is, is that it's based on who your representative is. Uh, some people, uh, some people have a lot of, um, uh, representatives have, have a lot of, uh, experience entering, uh, stuff into there. There's this whole software that helps them tally the opinions that you give them over the phone and the reports that they make to the representatives based off of that information. And some of them, it's really easy for the staffers that are on the phone to put in multiple issues that people care about and, and how they feel about them. And for other people, uh, it's really hard for them to do that. And they can really only take like one issue at a time. So we recommend that to start, you know, you're just giving, you know, make one call about this single issue. Um, and then maybe once you do it a few times uh, and you understand and you, you develop a rapport uh, with the person on the other side of the phone, you can ask them, Hey, can I give you, you know, my opinion on more than one thing and, okay. uh, and pile it on. But uh, definitely initially just start with one. And is it something that, and this is maybe where like I was falsely under the impression or maybe correctly is like, if you're calling about an issue, is it something that you call about once or do you call about like, if you want to call five, like once a day, you would call once a day. 
Yeah, I mean, you can definitely call uh, once a day on a topic. I'd say that's probably the most that that makes sense for a person to do. Um, so all of this information about who's calling is collected and funneled towards the representative in, in the form of a tally, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's how many people support this. Here's how many people oppose this. And it's largely a function of how, how much people care about a particular issue, right? Mm -hmm. If you care about something a lot, you're going to call on that issue. You know, it's going to come up in the news again, and you're going to be outraged over it again, and you're going to call on it again. You know, maybe it, it's just the next day, or maybe it's two days later, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that on the other side of the phone, that's you, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to call twice, or I'm going to call like three times over the course of a couple of days. On the other side of the phone, that is, you know, a, a couple hundred thousand people uh, in a congressional district, let's say, who are all sort of making that decision individually and then driving people, you know, like, and then they're collecting all that data and it, it's making its way to that representative. So uh, it's, it's this effect of like one person making a, a small choice of saying, Hey, I'm going to call once or I'm going to call twice about this particular issue. And then the collective action of everyone who cares about that issue is funneled up towards the representative in the form of, you know, people really care about this or people really have like a really close personal tie to what this issue is, right? They really feel strongly about like this, this family separation stuff because, you know, they have kids and they can't imagine being separated from their kids and they have, they have no idea, you know, how that would feel if you were an immigrant. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's based off of, you know, your own personal preference and how you feel about that issue. Okay. So I, I yeah, I was, I don't, cause that was my, I don't want to say my hesitation, but that's like in the back of my mind, it's something that's like, well, if I like, is it overkill if I'm calling more than once? And it sounds like it's not, it sounds like that's something that they, they uh, appreciate and, and take an account for how much you care. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, maybe um, there are different offices as well, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you're, you're calling a Senator. Um, not only do they have an office in DC with a phone number, but they have an office in, you know, a bunch of major cities in, in your state. Right. Yeah. And maybe you can like make it a little more interesting for yourself by calling different, different offices, uh, seeing if you can identify all the people who answer the phones, right? <laughs> like there are some people who literally call that much where the people on the other side of the phones, they, they know the name of the person who's calling. They can, rec they can recognize their voice. Like, they develop sort of like a, a relationship with these people. It's, it's really fascinating. That, that sounds, I mean, and, and this is coming from someone who I, I, I'm so, uh, ha, so like have a bigger version to, to like calling, like in, even if it's like my parents or whatever, it's like always, I'd rather fire off a text. So that's like what I love about, about five calls is this, the whole script thing. That way I don't like, I don't have to worry too much. Uh, but so, so the, the idea of like, I don't know, calling all, all these different numbers has always been like, before I heard of five calls has always been like, Oh my God, I don't want to, I just, I don't want to do it. Cause it sounds like a burden almost. Uh, yeah. It, it's like, you have no idea how it's going to turn out. Like yeah. that's like, this is the, the eternal like dilemma of like millennials getting on the phone. Right. They're like, Oh, am I going to say this? Am I going to say like, what if someone is con like confrontational on the yeah. phone? Like, what am I going to do? Like, but in reality, like this is not that right. Like no one's going to be confrontational on the phone just because you're, you're calling your representative. They're just there to like, they are literally, you know, interns who are 
doing a job of recording someone on the phone, if they were to like argue with everyone who gets on the phone, they would, they would not have be having a pleasant day. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that the shorter that conversation is the better for the, for the staffer, for the intern. Yeah, absolutely. Because they can like finish the tally, right. Get, get it entered into whatever their software is and then move on to the next person or, or chill and, you know, like check out Instagram. <laughs> um, and is it, so, so when you're, when you're using uh, five calls or, or just whatever, you're making the call on your own or whatever, it, it, there's a, I guess a 50, 50 shot that you're going to get a live person or the voicemail. And it, it does either option work. Like, yeah. I mean, for the large part. Yeah. Like you can, you can do either. There are people who, even though they know exactly what the call is going to be like, mm-hmm. they want to call and leave a voicemail because they just don't want to, they don't want to have the hassle of talking to somebody. And so they call, you know, at, in the evenings after the office is closed or they call on the weekends and that's when they make their calls. Okay. And that's fine. Like, unless you're someone like, um, Ted Cruz is notorious for not answering the phone mm-hmm. in and off in his offices. And, uh, his voicemail boxes fill up incredibly quickly. And then when they're full, like, I don't know, no one's checking them for a couple of days. So there's just no way you can get in contact with that office. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, like I'm talking, you know, 90% of people, if you're leaving a voicemail, it's going to be checked the next morning. It's someone's job to come in and say, let's go through the voicemails. Let's tally all the people who've left a voicemail. You know, now it's empty and you can leave a voicemail again. Now see that to me, cause that, that, I guess part of it is like, I, again, it slips my mind really because I have so much going on in my, my head of mine uh, that it's like after hours by the time I, I, I think about it. So now, now it's good to know that, you know, it's not frowned upon, I guess, to, to call after hours or on the weekend, especially if like you're someone like, whether you're like me, who, who is a combination of very forgetful or even like, oh, I just, I don't want to have that human interaction. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can kind of work your way to that human interaction. If, if uh, you know, uh, you, you have the passion to get there or, or whatever about a certain su- subject. So, Cause it's like, I'll often remember like at like eight o'clock at night, like, Oh shit, I should have, you know, did the, my, my five calls. Uh, and, and then I, I put it off till the next day into which I'm already going, like, I'm going to forget because I, I have 10 other things on my agenda to do. And then all of a sudden it's eight yeah. o'clock again. So, yeah, so, so, I'm always surprised. Like we always, we, we post like tips like that on Twitter every once in a while. Yeah. And, uh, the response is always like, oh, that's so great. I didn't know you could do that. Right. Oh, I didn't know. Like it, it's something that's like just as effective as, as calling during regular hours. And for me, I'm just like, I'm in the weeds all day. Like this stuff is, uh, this stuff doesn't like register on like, like what I'm thinking about day to day. So I don't understand that. Like, like we really need to do a better job of explaining this to people who are coming to the site, right? Mm-hmm. You're coming to the site after hours and you're like, Oh, you know, okay, well it's after hours. I'll do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. If we had something on the site that was like, Hey, this office is probably closed. It's after, you know, whatever, 6 PM uh, in this, in the local time zone, you can still call, you know, leave a voice. Likely you'll get a voicemail right now. Um, more feedback like that, uh, I think could be really useful for some people. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and you know, me, someone like me, like it's, I, I know about the service because I heard it from another podcast and I've just kind of looked at the site or the app a few times. Um, and so like, 
if someone like me probably like I wouldn't even see that and I would have to literally be like told like I am now my hand has to be held because I I am a big baby when it comes <laughs> to life uh, <laughs> to to how to how to do everything uh i've like there's i've seen other services that are similar to where like where you can type something up into like a text box or something and it either sends a fax or it sends an email what's the what's the most is is calling the most effective way like does that tally mark count more than other forms of communication so um here's here's what i like to say about about how to contact with your reps you can do something that's super, super easy for you, like signing a petition online or something, right? Um, and it's understood that that's like something that is super low effort for people to do. So that's interpreted by the office as someone put not a lot of effort into that. That's how much they care about this issue, okay. right? Towards the entire other end of the spectrum is you can literally walk into your representative's office and you can say, hey, I'd like to chat with somebody about this and this issue. You know, you can make a, a, a an office appointment with them, you know, try and get in touch with someone there and do that sort of thing. That is obviously very high level of effort. And they, they understand that that's like, someone has gone through a lot of effort to try and come to our office and talk to us about this issue that obviously means a whole lot to them. What we're trying to do with calls is pick something that is in the middle. It doesn't take very long out of your day. Um, but it still gets over that, that hump of like, you're putting some effort in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's easy for you to do. It's tallied immediately. Some of the things that are faxes, um, the faxes are all digitized and they come in basically as like PDFs in an email for representatives. And these things maybe aren't tallied for a week or two weeks. So if you're calling on something that is a, um, that's a, a bill that's going to be voted on tomorrow, your call is going to get tallied right away or it's going to be tallied the next morning. If you're doing a voicemail, if you're sending like a fax that's digitized and then someone has to look through all of that stuff and figure out all the information that you're trying to, you know, get to them over, over this fax, it's going to take them longer to do that. So it's not going to happen, you know, as immediately. Um, so that's why we try and encourage calls. I think it's the, if you're going to get involved, I think it's the most uh, effective use of your time. Um, for how much effort you get out of it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, definitely a better appealing thing than having to walk into an office for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's because really it wasn't until uh, there was something that happened. I don't know if it was earlier this year, but there, there's something ridiculous that happened that I was like, you know, I'm finally going to use this soapbox of mine, uh, this dopey podcast yeah. to, to, kind of like just, you know, help the resistance or, or whatever um, and help, you know, let people know that, you know, get your voices heard and whatnot. And, and of course that uh, I, I took a couple a couple months off from actually doing any podcasting because I had a, a mental break that was probably unrelated to what happened. But uh, that's the the I don't know, phone calls. Yeah, I that that I can get on board with. I couldn't even tell you in, in Bucks County where I would have to go to walk in somewhere and then have to, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, uh, I, I still get nervous after, you know, I think I just did my 12th live show. I still get nervous when I have to stand in front of a crowd doing that, let alone having to talk to someone about a serious issue, like having to be serious for, for 20 yeah. minutes is uh, insane to me. 
And you're concerned that you're like, oh, I don't know the issue yeah. well enough, or someone's going to be like, well, what about this? And you're like, uh, I don't know. I just like, I just feel strongly about this. I don't know all the details. Yeah, yeah. We try and make it like really, really easy for people to do to get involved with. Yeah. Um, with the with the assumption that like, if you're uh, if you feel that strongly about something, maybe you're going to start with a phone call. But you know, if it's really a big issue for you, you're going to you know take the next step. Maybe. Um, maybe volunteer for um, for someone who's running for that office coming up. If you don't support what the candidate is doing, maybe if you, if you really like what the candidate is doing, because they always, you know, support the things you're calling about, then, um, uh, then maybe you'll, you'll volunteer for their campaign next time, that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's all about like, there's been this disconnect, right? Like our, our, the people that represent us, um, we don't really feel like they're hearing what we're saying. Um, we don't really maybe understand what they're doing all day, right? Mm. And making that connection a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a real thing between you and them. Um, maybe it gives you a little bit more of an opinion of, of whether or not they're doing a good job for you, whether or not they're they're being a good uh, representative for you, for your district. It's uh, something, and this is going back, I guess, to the the actual like 2016 campaign. Is like it seems like there was a big disconnect with the younger people this time around like it seems like with with the with the obama runs like he was able to connect to young people and get them out to vote uh do, do you know like why or, or do you have an opinion on what happened or am i am i wildly misinformed here like it just seems like that that was the missing link this time around like a lot of young people didn't go out and vote yeah i mean i i think that there's a uh a large um, a displeasure with how uh, politicians not just behave, but how they like communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't feel like if they're going to go on TV and, and do a press conference or whatever, that's not connecting with like you or I, we're expecting the people who, uh, who are like public figures in our lives to like, you know, go on Instagram and it feels like they're talking directly to you and like, you know, like do Snapchat and bullshit like that. Um, and this this sort of old style national politics of like I'm going to talk to the media and then the media is going to disseminate my information to everybody doesn't work anymore because like people don't read newspapers right they get their information on Facebook or Twitter like it's being sent through these channels that are uh, individuals in our community that we trust rather than uh, someone who like is on the nightly news or someone who who writes an article in a newspaper and. I think if you don't connect with people in that right way, specifically, you know, like we're talking about young people, right? If you don't connect with young people in that way, I can't say millennials anymore because millennials are like <laughs> everybody under 40 or like people who are, Which, you know, 40 to like 20 or whatever. Yeah, And I have a problem with that because so, I am, uh, I'll be 35 in, in less than a week here uh, or in about a week. And uh, I 100% feel like I'm on that border of like of Gen Xer and, and millennial, like, I, cause there's technology and, and stuff that scares me, <laughs> like, like a Gen Xer gets scared from technology. And then there's like, I'm, I'm also <laughs> not, I don't know. I just, I, I also get technology at the same time. Uh, and, and there's, yeah. a, there was a wonderful article that I read, uh, that I'll have to try to find again, but someone like that felt like me, like felt like they, like they grew up with VHSs, but they also don't really get Instagram or Snapchat, like, especially Snapchat. Like I don't, I, I Snapchat scares the heck out of me because it seems like such a young person thing to do. Uh, 
So yeah. someone that felt like me, they coined the perfect term of Xennial uh, with an X. Uh, and that's like that's perfect all right now i get it like that's i like i always and i don't know why it matters because like it doesn't but like i always had a problem defining my generation and and my generation's name and i feel like that's a good one like that's because millennials i feel like they get an un they get unfairly treated by anyone that's older and and i but i'm older like i'm i'm part of like and then the young kids look at me like you're such a dumb gen xer or whatever like i feel like it's not a happy middle (laughs) it's not a happy place when you're when you're right. 34, 35. Yeah, it's it's a weird place to be. I'm right there too. So um like I don't I, I you know grew up on like the early social web, right? So it was all about like, ah, oh, you're building this profile and everyone can see everything you've done and you know, like, oh I've got tweets back to two thousand seven and like you can look through all of them and whatever. And now everyone's like, Nope, nothing I did on the web like past last week is gonna uh survive, right? I, I just want everything to disappear after I post it and that's like, I don't know. People like to say that it grew out of like sexting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you want to like send your nudes to people and then like you want them to disappear so they can't come back and bite you. I'm not sure I quite get that because that can't be that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That can't be the reason for like everything, like you wanting to be on like Snapchat and Instagram and like having things just delete, yeah, yeah. right? Like it's not that pervasive, right? I, I- I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I know nothing about Snapchat. It's something that I don't even want to get into. Uh, and, and it, it, like, I, I feel the most comfort, like Facebook is my, let me share pictures of my kids and Twitter is where I promote everything. Like that's where I, yeah, exactly. that's where I am with social media. And I probably would have uh, a bigger audience if I knew how to use anything else. Uh, but I, I am very, this is like, the, I think this is the Gen Xer in me. I'm very happy with not going beyond my comfort zone of social media. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just like when we get to this age, right. We don't need to learn anything yeah, new. Yeah. Right. My parents are totally happy. They're like, Facebook is great. Like maybe they'll venture into Instagram sometimes and post some pictures, but mostly it's like, let's give me the thing that I knew. I did a lot of work to get on Facebook. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to hold down my fort here and this is where I am. If you want to post something that I see, like post it to Facebook. And you know, you know that, right? You have your different audiences in different places. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is weird being like, kind of like just now realizing that I'm finally like my parents where like I, I, there's, I won't try new things in certain aspects of my life. Uh, like I have a real hard time going completely digital with things because I, I like to have the physical DVD, even though like you don't even get the fun booklet anymore, but I, there's something about having that, that, that case. <laughs> uh, same thing with that. Like yeah. music I've gone, like I, I can deal without uh, having a CD. I, I, I actually, I'm not like a big music guy. So like for me to say, this is weird, but like for Christmas, I got like one of those throwback. It's like seven in one, CD, cassette, vinyl, radio players, because I I like wow. the idea of having vinyl for some reason. Even though I'm not a like I've always been a talk radio guy, so like I'm really selective with what I buy. Like I the only thing I own on vinyl right now is the Last Jedi, no Force Awakens, one of the Star Wars soundtracks I have on vinyl, uh, and I, like I, which has led me to saying, oh, I I got to get the Guardian soundtrack on on vinyl because that's going to sound awesome. But like <laughs> I. Yeah, but no one's like, good. No one's collecting like CDs, no. right? Like vinyl's a special yeah. thing that people do. Like, and for whatever reason, I don't. To be honest, I don't. I don't quite get it perfectly. But my wife collects a lot of old vinyl, and like, I don't see her going out and being like, "Ah, oh, I got to get that." Like, 
you know, first CD pressing of you know <laughs> something that came out in the mid nineties, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, it's a different thing. No one's collecting like eight track no, tapes, no. right? But that's not included on this player. The cassette is. I was surprised that there was a cassette because like, <laughs> and you can still buy plank cassettes like if you go to like a rite aid or something or or, or a local drugstore there's still not only there's like there's the dictation cassettes which is weird because like iphones uh and then there's like regular cassettes like i i don't i don't know what you use them for i guess there's still like a market for people to put things on like a mixtape or whatever but it's that's strange to me the vinyl like like you said i get and like i'm not a huge i'm not like looking to go buy original vinyls at all uh there's just something kind of cool about having the like something that I really enjoy on a, on something special, I guess. Like, and, and I, if I'm being honest, one of the big reasons is I'm a huge fan of, of Kevin Smith and, and his world. And, um, they tell him Steve Dave is a podcast with, uh, some of his friends and they, they do what they call vinyl cast. They'll do special episodes where they raise money by selling, uh, vinyl pressed versions of their podcast. Uh, and, and oh wow that's yeah like... <laughs> that's the talk radio like i'm a big podcast guy like i listen to way too many podcasts uh like so much so like i listen on one and a half times speed because there's just so many that i listen to in a, in a given week so so and i love the medium of podcasting because it's so it's 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 like the wild wild west still like you don't have to deal with the fcc or anything so uh, th- like the idea that they're like these guys who I think are really funny have like this special collector's item for their podcast on this medium from that was around before I was alive. Uh, it's <laughs> just, great. it's like such a cool concept and was what led me to, to getting something that would play vinyls in the first place. Okay. So tell me like what part of your day do you carve out? I mean, obviously this is like sort of like your yeah, thing, yeah. right? But what part of your day do you carve out to listen to podcasts? Because I have not been able to oh. find, I don't have a okay, commute. Okay. So I haven't been able to find like a perfect time where I'm like, ah, I can sit down I can listen to this podcast. I'm not doing anything else. I can't just put it on the background mm-hmm. because like I, I find that like I get engrossed in some article on the internet and then like five minutes goes by and I realize like I haven't been paying attention. I got to go back five minutes and figure out what's going on. So I will, uh, my, I have my commute. Uh, I have about a 45 minute to hour commute to work uh, and, and back home. So, uh, and I listen to them at one and a half times speed. So usually I can get like a podcast and a half in, if not more in that commute. Uh, then I also, uh, when I'm cutting the grass, which I don't know that maybe that's not a, an issue you have if you live in, in California. Like, I don't know. Are, do, do, are there yards? I don't, I don't have grass yeah. now, unfortunately. I was going to say. I mean, some people maybe in the in the suburbs. I do not have grass, so that yeah, is not a so, thing. But like that, that's you, and I'm on a quarter property in in Bucks County, so like it's it's a big ish property, like not super big, like it's not it's not. Um, I don't know. Are you where, where from Philadelphia? Are, are you originally from? I grew up in uh, Conjure. Okay, so so uh, you know, I I live in Bucks County, which is. Uh, what probably about 45 minutes to an hour outside like away from from Conchahokan. uh yeah. and but i i don't like i live in levittown like if that means anything to you so it's not it's like just above like uh like white trash in levittown uh, it's, it's not like the it's not like the, the 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 rich parts of bucks county that we live in but still like it's like corner property is a corner property so it usually takes me if yeah. if i'm not like 
it probably takes me to do the front yard if I'm taking my time with everything and weed whacking and everything. Probably like an hour or so to do the front yard, and then it, oh, and geez. then an hour or so to do the back. That must be brutal, especially like this time of yeah. year. Oh my god, I can't even. Well, imagine. and I, and I I speed up a little bit uh, this time of year, and I also try to do it early in the morning or or later at night. Uh, and I also let it go. I don't do it every week. I try to, I try to do it every other week, if not a little longer, just to, the, 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 I'm not doing it as often in the summer. Uh, and like, like the last few days have been brutal out here. It's been like a hundred degrees, uh, most of this week, like real temperature has been a hundred. And then like, the days that it's been like 95, it might as well be a hundred. Uh, but yeah, so like yard work and even like cleaning the house is is like I'll th- I'll throw it on in my in my headphones. I I always make sure I have my headphones in a pocket with me, uh, so that I can listen. Yeah. Um. Even my small commute, like if I'm going to the store, I throw it on and 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 I have my headphones with me so that if all right, I'll just it's it's on my Bluetooth in the car. Then I throw the headphones on when I get when I park the car and I'm I'm just continuing on my shopping trip. So. I just yeah. pretty much any chance I get, I try to I listen to a podcast. Um, even at work, it's harder. Like like you said, uh, it's harder to do. I'll, sometimes I will. Um, it depends on the podcast. Like uh, for instance, there's certain um, podcasts that I listen to that are like uh, actual play, like One Shot. Where now One Shot's a bad example because that one I like to like put my full uh, attention to, but there's other. Um, actual play podcasts for for Dungeons and Dragons role playing games and all that stuff that I'll listen to. That's more like uh, this is like a twenty minute podcast. I'm just kind of like have it on as background. So those are the ones that I'll listen to at yeah. work, like the background ones. But uh, yeah, I, I just find all the time in the world. Uh, you know, I, I I do my best. That's uh, I mean, it makes a lot yeah. of sense, right? Like you love podcasts, like of course yeah. you do that. Yeah, and, and uh, my biggest suggestion is like listening and maybe it is my so my my fiance is not a fan of podcasts uh she she thinks they're silly she'd rather just listen to the radio but she started listening to my favorite murder uh which is a super popular true crime podcasts uh with with a couple comedians and so it's like all right you're listening to this i'm gonna start listening to it because like then we're ha- we, then we can talk about it <laughs> and yeah, there's always like a there's like a genre yeah. that everyone can get into, and people think like podcasts is oh it's just nerds talking about nerd stuff or it's just this, but then there's like weird stuff like like serial yeah. and like yeah. uh, like other stuff like Welcome to Night Vale, which is like oh it's uh, there's yeah. everything. Um, but it's funny because because I like I said earlier I like to listen at one and a half, and she'll listen at regular. So we we took a little road trip like a, a, in 24 hours we drove from from the Philadelphia area to South Carolina and back again. Um, it was uh, she sells Lululemon, uh, the 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 legging company that that all the women love, and um, yeah. so they have a warehouse in South Carolina that we had the opportunity to go like pick our own clothing. So uh, when I was driving, I'd throw my favorite murder on, but I listened it to one and a half time speed and she listens at normal speed. So like <laughs> she's complaining at how fast they sound. And then when she's driving, she's playing it from her phone at one time speed. And like, I don't, if you ever listen to something on a regular basis at one and a half time, you get used to it. So all of a sudden, like yeah. they don't sound normal anymore when they're talking normal speed. Like they sound really like for, they sound all from the south like really slow drawn out 
And it's, it's jarring when I, I have friends who I listen to at one and a half times speed. And then like, I'll see them a month or two after I listen to their podcast and be like, Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> it's weird hearing you in real life. <laughs> that's, that's great. I love the, like, I totally get the podcast angle, but I love that you have people that you know in real life where you're like, that's not your voice. Your voice is normally like at least, at least 50% faster yeah, than Yeah, it, it's, it is nuts. Uh, to, and, and it's very quick that like, as I'm talking to them, like, like, like my, my, I get, I, I guess it's just in your head, like something readjusts to where they, they start to sound normal again at one time, like in real life talk you know it's 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 yeah i'm so engrossed in the medium it's it's something that i really enjoy something that like i volunteer for the podcast festival every year uh i I try to put on as many shows as i can throughout the year to try and make it like out in california probably more so in la uh, and in in new york city that it's something that like people will will come from other parts of the country to perform at and do um but uh, I feel like Philadelphia is, is they're not there yet. And I, and I want it to like, you can, Philadelphia is in a creative boom. Like you can come to Philadelphia and get, you know, yeah, you're not going to find much TV or film work here, but there's a lot of great stage work happening. There's a lot of great, uh, like comedy and improv happening. And, uh, something I would love to see happen in the next decade is like, you're walking down a street in Philadelphia and you have the option to go see, you know, something on Walnut street at the Walnut street theater or something, or you can walk down uh, to good, good comedy and see uh, a comedy show. You can go to Philadelphia improv and see an improv show, or you can go to whatever the the podcast theater is going to be. And you can go take in a, a one hour comedy podcast or something. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm sort of like new to this whole performance podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, medium. I hadn't really heard of it before that. Like my experience with podcasts is mostly, you know, developer related stuff. So, um, people put out regular produced podcasts about, you know, topics or like, you know, Apple stuff or, uh, developer related stuff. Um, and usually the only time people get together to do a live show is if they can find an audience. So you have a big group of developers coming together for a conference and you do a live show during that or something like that. Right. Um, but the idea of like, you know, recording a show in front of a, a, a live audience or, or doing something like that, I think is, is, it could be applied way more liberally to podcasts. Yeah. And, and there's like the, the, in Philly, like I said, the, the best part about like the podcasting scene right now, like Philly has a really strong independent podcast scene. We, every year the fist, the, the festival has I've been involved with the festival for, I just finished my third year with the festival. Um, the first year there was 40 plus shows last year, there was 50 plus shows. And this year there was about 60 or more shows. Uh, so, and almost all of them are independently done here in Philadelphia or the greater Philadelphia area. We had a few people, uh, starting last year, the, the festival people who run it, they started bringing in quote unquote bigger names. So like, uh, if you, uh, you mentioned nightmare, I don't know if you listen to it, but, um, how Lublin, uh, is originally from Monco, uh, I believe. Um, and he does, he's been a voice on night Vale. He hosts the podcast. We like this with Mark and Hal. Um, and, 
uh, he comes out now last year and this year to do his podcast. Um, and last podcast on the left, which is another true crime one came out and did it this year. So we, so, so there's maybe like a handful of bigger national acts that come out now. Um, which is cool. It helps put, you know, more, uh, you know, um, uh, spotlight on the whole, the whole festival. Uh, but it's large, largely independent Philly podcast, which is great. Uh, and it, it, there's a little bit of everything. There's, there's comedy, there's sports talk, there's, uh, straight up like this show that we're doing. I don't, my show live is more of like a late night talk show. So it's part comedy, part interview. Um, but, but there's mm-hmm. people that literally just like, there's a show called Philly famous that sat down with somebody for a whole hour and, and talked to them in front of an audience. And, and that, you know, that's something that I love that. I, that I think what, what we're doing right now is perfect for like the, the earbud listener. I don't know that I could make this, our conversation interesting for a live crowd without doing a whole, <laughs> with, without doing a whole late night gimmick behind it. Hence the reason I do a monologue yeah. and then I have like a, a game and then I have like a 20 minute conversation to a 30 minute conversation with you. And then I have a stand up comedian come out and, and do a bit. Um, and it feels like, like that's, I just, I don't know to me, it's, it's wild that you can make this one hour conversation work in front of a live audience. Cause there's no performance to this, right. You know, yeah. like it's just you and I talking. I, I, there needs to be something else like, uh, uh, some more, uh, you know, uh, more of an interesting personality there. Right? Like no one, like no one follows me and they're like, Oh, I gotta go check out that <laughs> podcast. Nick was on. Um, but I'm sure you could find people who are like, have a following and will, uh, you know, people will be like, oh, great. They were on a podcast or promoting that on their Twitter or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm going to go check out that podcast. Right. Or I'm going to go, you know, see that live for an hour or whatever. I think if like, and, and now if I would say, you know, this is probably like the, the most political this show has ever gotten, but we talked about like how we talked today. Uh, but for example, like if, if this was a political podcast, then yeah, I think I could sit down with you for an hour in front of an audience and, and we could chat uh, because that's going to be a really uh, niche audience that's that's there uh, because they know they're coming to see a political show versus like hey I'm gonna go do the Tonight Show but my version of it like that's such like a, 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 right. a, even the this show on a regular basis I'll talk to a comedian I'll talk to you know you I'll talk to uh, I'll, I'll talk to a writer I'll talk to a musician I'll, I, like there's not many people I won't talk to there's like I have a small like list in my head of like I won't talk to this person or I won't talk to this group of like I don't want to say group <laughs> of people that sounds really wrong but like this um this industry for instance like I want like like there's certain sure. things that like I just don't want to have on my show um and uh but other than that like I it's it's like there is no niche audience here. It's very general. So there's people that hop in and out of the show, depending on the guests that they want to hear. I know that uh, I'm not, I'm not a fool that no yeah. one's here to listen to me at week in and week out. Um, but if you have that niche audience, you can totally do an hour conversation live, but my show, you can't, I, but there's, there's talk shows. There's, there's the, the comedy shows. There's the, comic book stores are great. Like when I, what I've learned is like when I want to do my show live, I have to like, we usually do it at a bar if we want to do a late night type of format. Cause it just seems like the right venue. But if we go to a comic book store to do our show live, we either tailor it to be like a really geeky show uh, or we tailor uh, it completely differently. And we play a game for the entire hour. Um, so it's, it's, but yeah. Philadelphia, I don't, again, I don't think there's another city that has, 
as big of an independent podcast scene as as Philadelphia. Um, people have argued with me about it, uh, and but <laughs> no, no, no. This is something I'm interested in. Like, what? Uh, as I'm not really used to this whole like independent podcast scene. Like, what are the other? Are there other big cities that are like very specifically into this sort of thing? Oh, I, I would say the other city that I think is that, that that has this following of podcasts like this is Chicago. Chicago seems to be um, they they have I think they're a little bit more mainstream than us um, and, and bring in bigger acts when they when uh, when they do a festival. But they also have a very big homegrown independent scene. Uh, One shot, which I've mentioned two or three times already tonight, they're from Chicago. Um, and a lot of the, the, the guests he has on um, are also like either comedians or podcasters or both. And they're all in that Chicago area. And um, they're, I w- they're the only two cities that I know have a big independent podcasting scene. Um, I, I don't know. I guess the argument could be made LA and New York as well. I just don't know how independent it is. Like, it seems like if you go to LA, everyone that has a podcast out there is like, you could also watch on TV or film, you know? Uh, it's <laughs> uh, like the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and New York, I, I, I just don't know enough about their podcast scene to really like, it just feels like New York is, is LA light in every other medium so why not in podcasting too? <laughs> i mean like they've got enough other stuff going on right they yeah. don't need anything to like podcasting to define them yeah exactly so but yeah it, it's um yeah it, for, podcasting as performance is is something that i i feel is on the rise and it's and I, so you you're in uh san francisco you said yeah so how far from la is that um like uh, five hour drive oh, wow. or like, uh, I mean, it's like a quick flight, right? It's like a, maybe an hour and a half or something. Well, uh, definitely not, uh, worth going to find a local show out in LA, uh, for a five hour drive. But I'm like, I feel Probably like, not, no. but I feel like, you know, even what I know about podcasting in California, I know like the, the only one I listen to on a regular basis is, is Kevin Smith uh, and his, a few of his podcasts. I know he, he goes, I don't know if he's been to San Francisco, but I know like he goes around different areas of California to, to do the show. Uh, they might all be within like a little, a small distance from LA, uh, which I guess could be up to an hour, hour and a half away from what I remember of LA traffic, but isn't, isn't everything in LA an hour, an hour and a half away? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would say like, if you can seek it out and there's something going on in San Francisco, give it a try because it's, uh, there's not, it's not often that, that I find a, a bad podcast, especially when they're performing live. Cause that's when they're like, they're, they're on their a game, uh, or they should be. Did you do a lot of, uh, preparation? You just did like a, a late night show, right? Yeah. A, like a live one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like, what was the preparation that goes into something like that for you? So, the, so my podcast, uh, career for the last several years has been like no prep. When I do this shit sit down show, like me, the fact that I knew what I knew about five calls.org was, is, is the most prep I do on any interview because I like to have a more, <laughs> I like to have a more natural conversation, like something like, like we I'm, I'm honored. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, 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 you should be because uh, <laughs> the fact that I knew your website is a big plus. Uh, but, but the fact that I know very little about, about you and your service, 
I think makes it a more unique conversation and, and, and definitely more interesting to me. And at the end of the day, no, no offense to my audience. That's what I'm, I'm looking for is having a good conversation for me. And then hopefully my audience loves it too, or, or, or your audience or the five calls audience or whoever's listening to this. Um, but the live shows, there's always more, way more prep. Uh, and this one particular that we just did, I did the, uh, I, I feel like the most amount of prep for, but also like it was all very last minute. Like it came together within like days of the show. Um, I'm not a comedian at all. Uh, anyone that listens to this show will attest to that. And uh, <laughs> so, so the hardest piece for me is the monologue. Cause I, I am really bad at writing jokes. The first year we did this show live, I did a 20 minute monologue and it felt really bad. So, so now we know that if we're going to write jokes, we, we keep it to like two or three jokes and, and they, we'll start writing the jokes. Um, so we, we performed on July 1st. I want to say three weeks out, we started writing jokes. Me and my uh, co-host, I, on my live shows, I have a co-host, uh, my Ed McMahon, if you will, uh, because I can keep my monologue short and then go to a sit down conversation where we, we kind of just have a topic prepared and then, and then just riff off of that. Um, and then uh, we, in the, in shows past that were the, was the late night style. We, we would just like kind of throw together a quick trivia game or something. We spent the last three weeks designing a new, a game from scratch called food fright, which was a, a challenge of four games, com- kind of kind of combining uh, a game that I read about on Price is Right and Fear Factor um, to, to where we had like this silly Oreo cookie challenge where you couldn't use your hands to eat the cookie. Then we, we bumped it up to Bean Boozled, uh, which is a horrible game. Uh, have you heard of Bean Boozled? I have not. <laughs> so so Bean Boozled, my, my son who is six loves it. Bean Boozled is this game where you have a little spinner and you spin it and it tells you to eat this, we'll say, orange jelly bean. And this orange jelly bean is either going to taste like uh, an orange creamsicle or barf. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I can see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, the kicker is I don't like jelly beans. Like, even if you handed me a, a handful of Starburst, pink Starburst jelly beans, I will not eat them. They are awful. No, they're terrible. Uh, the, no. the texture of a jelly bean it makes me want to throw up. So when I have, I don't play the game anymore because it got to the point where whether like whether it was the good flavor or the bad flavor all tasted the same or worse. There's no winning for you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I made my co-host play this game, but, but we played Bean Boozled, which was fun. Like, cause the reaction of, of my co-host and the, and the audience member playing was priceless. Uh, and then we, we played, um, this donut challenge where I took a, a, a one donut was cream filled and one donut was filled with kids toothpaste because my fiance thought it would be, it would be <laughs> wrong to give them real toothpaste. Uh, but, but the, the guy that, that ate it, I, I got the cream donut. I lucked out. He got the toothpaste donut. He took two bites of it because he enjoyed it. Cause it was kids toothpaste. So, so that is, <laughs> yeah. So next year I'll use real toothpaste. And they make those. 
Yeah, they make those toothpaste way more appetizing than they yeah. should be. Uh, and, and the final challenge was the the Pocky Haunted Ghost Pepper Chip Challenge, where we got a pack of Pocky chips. Oh God, yeah. Uh, that were were incredibly hot. Uh, and and two two it ended up being me and two audience members who wanted to compete against each other. And then because the or- earlier rule was I was going to go chip for chip, I had to do it still too. Uh, but yeah, it was just a that was the most prep. And then you're, you're when you have a guest on again. You, I mean, you do a little bit of prep for the live show just because uh, you have to find a guest to do the live show. So when you're finding a guest to do the live show, it tends to be you're you're reading naturally. You're just doing more research. But even then, again, my research is very little for the guest because I, I like this natural conversation. So um, most of the work for a live show for me goes into everything uh leading up to the guest and then also finding the guest uh because that's the hardest part yeah that feels like it's very um like a very visual like all these like food related things right like it must be difficult to balance like what's going on like physically there that the audience can obviously see Mm -hmm. versus like things you have to explain or, or talk through so that like it's also understandable for a podcast audience yeah and that that was um i probably didn't do a good job this year doing that because because in years past our games was very it was visual slash audio friendly because it was just asking questions uh or doing silly voices or something like that uh if we uh, if we played like we played a game called noisy person cards which is um kind of like cards against humanity except a little nerdier uh and so all that kind of like worked for the live audience because they got prizes and it also worked for the, the listening audience. I I'd say food fright. I'd like to say that we made it work for the listening audience. I mean, you can listen to the most recent episode. Uh, episode one twenty seven is the live episode. Uh, you can listen to that uh, audience and let me know if we made that work for you. Um, if you weren't there, uh, But I I will have to like now that you say I probably have to sit down and think of a way to kind of make that work for the the listening audience as well Um, a little bit better than I did because I I didn't and not consciously unconsciously I just I didn't even think about how it would sound on microphone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I, I don't know what, what's available out in San Francisco, but I, if hey any podcasters that are listening, uh, that are in the San Francisco area, do a lot. <laughs> I think everyone should do a live show. Um, because regardless, uh, everyone's going to have an audience, you know, every show has some sort of audience and, um, something that I've learned from other podcasters here in the Philly area and, and just from doing it myself is like, sometimes like I've, I've done it where there's one person in the audience. I've done it where there's been zero people in the audience. And, and (laughs) what you have to do is take that opportunity to say like, well, this is just a cool experience recording in this space. And, and, and kind of, I guess kind of just like taking it for, for what you have and just being happy. Like, cause and and I don't know if this relates to you in any way because because I, I assume you don't do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't come up, but uh, if um if you sit down and do it, if you were to sit down with your friends to talk about something, uh, how many people do you expect to to sit around watching you talk about this thing with your friends? Oh uh, gosh. Uh... <laughs> Uh, not too many, no. Yeah, it, it, like usually, like the answer is zero. Like I, I don't expect anyone to sit around to listen to me talk about fivecalls.org. Like 
as far as far as I'm concerned, like this is a conversation. Now I know that there's going to be, a, you know, I know my audience, my audience, it's not the biggest audience in the world, but it's, I have an audience that's going to sit down and listen to this and, and enjoy this conversation. But at the end of the day, like I, the fact that like there's even five people that come to a show that I did in a comic book store a couple months ago or a year ago or whatever, like that's five people that like, why are they listening to me talk? You know, like that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, especially as an independent podcaster, cause you're going to have days where you have zero to five people in your audience. And you might have a day where you have, like we did a show at, at wizard world comic con where we had 75 people in the audience. So like that's you, ha- you're going to have that range as an independent podcaster where you, you might hit five people. You might hit 70 people who knows. Yeah. And like, there's a long storied history of, of basically you being able to be in San Francisco and go to, uh, you know, your choice of a number of like five different types of talks on, you know, obscure frameworks for technical stuff any night of the week. Right. So any of those things could be a live podcast and that stuff pulls in easily, you know, 20 people on a bad night regardless of what the topic is, right? Because people just like to go and listen about the new, listen about the, the newest uh, developments and whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of the medium. I'm a huge fan of people doing it live. Like there's not much about podcasting. I hate except for like the actual work behind it, the sitting down and talking, uh, and the sitting down and performing or standing up and performing parts are all great. The, the stuff that's, promoting it and and editing it and and putting it out there to the world that's all the stuff that's like oh god i wish like i could pay someone to do it but uh you know it's 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 uh you give and take um so we uh we've definitely gone over the hour we normally i normally uh keep my guests for so a i thank you for uh hanging out extra long with us tonight uh yeah thanks for having me and um i definitely uh you know I'm going to keep you for just a, mi- a couple minutes longer because uh, if you don't mind, do you have time? No, I'm good. Okay. I appreciate this. This is my, like, uh, this is my, um, uh, like my monthly dose of Philadelphia accent that I don't get very often. <laughs> oh my God. So do I have a Philly I'm accent? This, yeah. Do I, do I, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't hear it at all. I, I mean, I guess that's typical, but because I I, it's funny, I'll hear people and I, obviously they're comedians doing the Philly accent. So it's, I, it's obviously uh, over exaggerated, but like it's way over the top. Yeah. If, I, if Tina Fey does the Philly accent, it's like way, way over the top, but there's definitely a bit of it that you can hear. Uh, like if I go home and I talk to my, or I talk to my parents on the phone, yeah, yeah. I get a little bit of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you could definitely, there are certain things you listen for. Yeah. I, and the only thing I know that I have is, and, and actually I, I only know because people have said it so many times is I have that nasally. O that every Philadelphian has, uh, like, so yeah. I, oftentimes I'd be, well, I used to travel for work, so it would be fun to, to hear other people's accents and, 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 uh, one of my favorite places to go was the Massachusetts area and, and getting that Boston accent um, and that New England accent. And one time I went to I used to install point of sales for gas stations. So I was installing um, a, a point of sale at some gas station. And there was a, a clerk there who like was there because she was just working the overnight shift. And uh, she's talking in her in her Boston accent and, 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 and New England accent and. Uh, I don't say anything of it, but I, I asked for, I was like, Hey, do you mind grabbing me a Coke so I can test the scanner out? She said, grab you a what? I'm like, 
a, a Coke. <laughs> and she goes, a what? I'm like, a Coke, C- like C-O-C-O-K-E, a, a soda, like what? a pop? What do you want me to say yeah. here? And she's like, oh, you a, a Coca-Cola. You said it really weird. And she's talking in her Boston accent. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> You're saying I said something weird? I was like, do you do you hear yourself? I I got into an argument with this lady, like a fun argument with this lady. I was like, yeah, like watch a movie. Unless it's set in Boston, everyone sounds like me. And <laughs> and, and it, it's the first that was the first time I realized that like, and I still don't realize it. But like, I guess when I say Coke, like there's something with my O that's like a nasally long, I guess nasally and drawn out O or something. I, I don't really get it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so weird when people say you have a Philly accent. I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's definitely that's one of those words that's distinctive. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's anything with that just that nasally O. And and I I don't have the like I say water like I say water water normal like I don't say uh, I don't say water like like other people from Philly. I I think that's like you got to be from Philly like the actual city uh, to have that water accent and um uh what's what's the other like uh i i don't even think i can fake it uh what uh, the eagles eagles is what uh i'm eagles yeah i say eagles i say beagles i say bagels uh i don't (laughs) i I don't i don't think i say the like the words that like a lot of us get hit on from philly uh i don't really think i i have i think it's more just i guess like the um the slight little accent that I have, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I don't hear it. It's more subtle, but yeah. it's, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, it's, 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 it's strange to hear someone say that. Uh, and I guess it's because you're, you know, cause no, everyone else I talk to, they're not from the area. So like, if they hear it, I guess they don't like, maybe they do. And they just, they don't say anything. Uh, they're far, far more polite than I was. Oh no, no. I love it because I, I always, <laughs> I just assume I sound like, the like generic white guy is what I feel like I sound like. <laughs> uh, but, but it's good to know that at least it's generic Philadelphia guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so where I wanted to go is uh, I mentioned earlier that I've looked at the website and it feels like it's, it, it, and may, you can tell me if it's wrong, if I'm wrong here, uh, going back to five cause.org slash uh, the, app, is the app called five calls as well? Or is that called make five calls? Uh, yeah, the, the app is uh, just five calls as well. You can go to, um, if you just search for it on the app store, just five calls, it'll, uh, it'll come up for you. Um, so my, my question with that, cause I have it on my phone and I, and I haven't used it yet because I, I wanted to talk to you first about the differences with that and the, the, that the, the website it just, and this is maybe my, my Gen X or brain here, uh, is it seems like it would be easier to have it pulled up on my desktop so I could look at the script while I'm making the phone call. But is the script in front of you on the app as well? Like, I know it's really easy oh, to like, tricky, yeah. it's, I know it's easy to say, Hey, I want to call about this issue on the phone and here's my zip code. And it pulls up the information super easy, but I, I didn't get as far as actually making the call on the app. So how does, how, how does that work with the script? Do you have to kind of be on speaker or a headset to, to get access to the script while on the app? Uh, yeah, so if you're um, if you're on speaker, um, I'm sure you can. I'm I know this from iOS, but I'm sure you can do it on Android too. Uh, you can switch back to a different app that's not the phone while you're on the phone call, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So presumably you're like wearing a headset or something. It's not like pressed up to the side of your face. You can switch back to the app and uh, and see the script there. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it, in some sense, it makes more sense if you're um, if you're reading the script. If you if you don't know what to say, then maybe you pull it up on your your desktop and you look at what the script is and you just dial the number in on your phone. Um, one of the things that was uh, definitely a, a a blessing and a curse for us was that when we started out, uh, a lot of people, we just had the website and a lot of people were like, Hey, this is really great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an app developer. I, I do iOS or I do Android apps. I really want to help out. I want to make you a version of five calls, uh, for the app store. And of course at the time we're like, yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. Like, please go ahead and do that. And you know, we'll, we'll figure out how it all works together and we'll, we'll give people another way that they can get in touch with their representatives. And, I know the, the apps work great. The people who work on them are like super talented. So like we're incredibly lucky to have these people who are, or, who are part of the team. Um, but it's so hard to maintain all of this stuff, like not just the website. If you want to add something new, you have to like put it on the website. You have to make sure that like someone who knows about doing the apps can put it into the app, uh, into both of the apps. Cause we have like an iOS one and an Android one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a lot, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of things to keep track of. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it's good to have another channel that you can reach people because some people just prefer an app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just want something they can download on their phone. It's always on their home screen. They can just tap on it and get some right in there. Um, and some people are just like, oh, I'm always on my computer or I always want to see the script in front of me while I'm making my call. So I'm always going to open it up on the computer anyway. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and the, to me, uh, even though I, like I need to to uh, leave my Gen Xer brain, uh, I, I, the app seems like it's the most sense. Um, at least on iPhone, like I said, using on the iPhone, it seems like idiot proof. <laughs> Way like even I feel like it's more idiot proof than the website because you can. <laughs> I assume uh, on the on the app, I just hit the phone number and it dials for me. Whereas if I'm looking at the website, yeah. It just- <laughs> Yeah, it dials for you. It's great. Yeah. Versus the website where I can misdial. You know, it's like it, it's it, it, the app literally seems like it just it takes it, it holds my hand even more than I needed it to be held, <laughs> uh, which is a good thing, a very good thing. Uh, I was just curious about like the how the script and and yeah, it makes sense that you can just use this the uh, speaker or headset. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, that being said, uh, where can people? find uh you or, or or five calls where do you want to point people to um and how can people uh help you guys you know keep this amazing uh service running um i mean if you want to just see what the, the service is all about um you can google five calls or just go to fivecalls.org and uh it's super easy to get started we walk you through all the the process of getting in touch with your representative on you know issues that that probably pertain to you um, if you want to stay more in touch, uh, we're uh, at Make Five Calls on Twitter. Um, you know, tweeting about stuff, uh, news, politics, news as it comes out. Um, so that's a little bit of, of a better way to uh, uh, keep in touch regularly. If you um, if you happen to use Twitter and want to get more regular updates, but um, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, lead people to the website fivecalls.org, um, and uh, and even if you haven't contacted your representative before. It's super easy to do so. Uh, give it a shot once and uh, and see if you like it. Maybe you'll you'll come back the next time there's an issue that uh, that uh, piques your interest. Uh, and we'll be uh, sure as we move on in the second half of this year here, uh, or you know, I don't know when this episode's releasing, but uh, you know, we're we're in the back half at this point, regardless. Uh, part yeah. part of the everything is awesome pledge uh, to to just uh, do our part for. Um, 
you know, the country, I guess, uh, is we're going to have called it. You've heard it on one shot. You've heard it on uh, a bunch of other podcasts. We're going to start doing at the end of the show. So if you're not into politics, you don't agree with our politics or whatever, we'll tag it on to the end of the show. So you don't have to deal with, with that bull. Uh, well, but for those of you that want to stick around, uh, when I do my, my outro here, uh, at the end of the show, we'll have a call to action, uh, that, that's something we believe in. And it's something that you can go to five calls.org or download the app and, uh, use to help support, uh, as well. Uh, Nick, thanks for doing the show. Thanks for having me on. It was great. All right. Super friends. Thank you to Nick O'Neill for being on the show. Make sure you check out five calls.org. Uh, we'll get more to that in a second. If you're looking for more shows to listen to, make sure you check out Bullies Keep Out. Bullies Keep Out is a show where uh, the founder of Bullies Keep Out, Dana, sits down and talks about important issues related to bullying, whether it's cyberbullying, whether it's mental illness, whether it's um, just all these uh, important issues that can lead to, uh, to, to bullying. She sits down and uh, discusses this. Oftentimes she'll have a guest on to discuss bullying, uh, and that organization does a lot of great things for, uh, like the Trevor Project, they're about to run a uh, auction on uh, to help support them. So make sure you check out Bullies Keep Out, the podcast on That Entertainment slash network super friends we have on that entertains a section of the site where we review comic books i want you to check that out on that entertains.com we do sit down with a handful of reviewers and we review comic books across the medium mainly from marvel and dc but every now and then we get some indie publishers that want us to review comic books uh, we call this section of our site that entertains comic universe t-e-c-u so make sure you uh you check that out on that entertains.com you'll see daily rev- posts usually um, but definitely on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we uh, are heavy on our comic book reviews. So check that, all, uh, check that out on thatentertains.com. And, of course, we have a lot going on with the podcast network uh, on thatentertains.com slash network. Keep your eyes daily on that for changes because we are now um, on, in a bit of a soft reboot with what things are going on. Everything is awesome is there now. And, of course, we have our Patreon at patreon.com slash thatentertains where you can support us at will that would be great if you could do that we like to end everything is awesome with a call to action this episode featured uh, nick o'neill who was a co-founder of five calls.org uh, which is what we use super friends to make a difference there are a lot of terrible things happening right now it can feel like you can't do anything to help but you can it takes people like us to make a difference. And one of the easiest and most important ways I've hammered it home uh, in the intro, I hammered it home probably along with Nick in this episode, is to call your representatives about the issues that are important to you. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five calls.org. There are issue summaries of issues that are important to you, contact info for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick easy, and it's one of the most important ways to have your voice heard. It can make a tremendous impact. Let your voice be heard. Another call to action that I really want you to take a look at is there's been a uh, purge on states' voter registrations. So it's so, so simple. Go to vote.org and verify that you are registered to vote. If it comes up that you're not, take two minutes to sit down and register to vote. The only thing more powerful than calling your representatives to let them know how you feel is your power to vote in every election. So make sure you're uh, registered to vote and make your uh, make your, your voice matter. Thank you 
to our supporters on patreon.com slash that entertains um if you know obviously we just launched today so i don't know if we have any supporters but hopefully you are supporting us now and if you are thank you so much if you want to support us in a non-monetary way word of mouth recommendations and five star rating reviews on itunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome uh, you can find us on at Real Awesome Pod on Facebook.com and Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Awesome Podcast, and we're available on AwesomePodcast.com and of course ThatEntertains.com slash network. Uh, you can get more news about uh, this show at AwesomePodcast.com and ThatEntertains.com. But more also on my personal Twitter at that nerdy Kev is where I do a lot of things. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have it a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That Entertains Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio. You can find more information at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.